Hi, welcome, and thank you for joining us here at Brady's Corner. I'm Brady, and this is my corner. Uh, meet Natalie Goodman. Natalie Goodman is the founder and CEO of Incentifind. Uh, had the pleasure of meeting Natalie. How many years ago has it been? At least three. I mean, it was pre-pandemic, right? I know we kind yeah. of lost a, a year or two with the pandemic. So yeah, at least three, maybe four. And Natalie, and I, Natalie, please introduce yourself. But um, you know, a little bit about Natalie. She's an architect. Um, she focuses uh, her past. Um, your focus was on energy. You were with AECOM, um, and you were a PM with them, if I remember correctly. Is that right? Yeah. So no, my my background is architecture of the built environment. It's funny now. I'm in prop tech or property technology. So every time you say architect, people think you're of the digital environment, right? But no, I had a great career, um, mostly focusing on green architecture. So I got to work for some fantastic uh, companies like AECOM and Jacobs, as well as work on projects uh, all around the world, honestly, for clients like Samsung and Shell Real Estate. And I got to help green a lot of their uh, buildings and it was and it was just a ton of fun, so. Natalie, so when you and I first talked, you had just started your company, but now you're up over 20 people now. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. We've been growing and I think it's reflective of the fact that the market and demand for green building incentives is growing, right? We've seen that kind of with the passing of this latest uh, climate bill, which I'm sure we'll, we'll touch on here in a little bit. Yeah, I mean, well, let's, let's go ahead and touch on it now. So I know that um, my team has been We've had probably seven people dedicated to unpacking the Inflation Reduction Act as it just relates to about two or three incentives, uh, the 45L tax credit, 179D energy efficient uh, commercial building deduction. 45L is the, uh, for the audience, the energy efficient uh, residential tax credit. Um, unpacking that, unpacking all the Energy Star associated requirements and so on so forth etc cetera, etc cetera. now but it's big um like we just we just attended for example an NAHB National Association of Home Builders webinar the other day um where a gentleman named JP did a fantastic job of unpacking it a little bit more but there's a lot of there, there's a lot in there there's a lot of funds um and there's also a uh, I think a big education requirement that's really where we come in, right? So educating the, you know, the businesses out there about this. No, you're absolutely right. And I think it's, it's good to kind of preface with the fact that before this IRA bill or climate bill, however folks want to think about it, before that passing, there was already $70 billion worth of incentives uh, that promote green building in both residential and commercial sectors right here in the 50 states US. And it was Incentifine's job to essentially uh, gather all of these incentives. It was a huge lift. It took us, you know, a solid year just to compile this database in a searchable manner. But we house over half a million ways to save when building green. And now with the passing of this bill, there's going to be billions of more dollars allocated to promoting green building. What we've seen at Incentifine uh, so far is that many of the incentives, like you mentioned, are going to be tax related. 
at the end of the day, Brady, you know, we're just a database and, and not to downplay it because we do manage one of the most, one of the messiest sets of data out there, but we don't provide fulfillment services the way you all do, right? So while we make incentives easy to find, folks will still work, you know, with uh, groups like yourselves, right? Um, what we've also noticed for the incentives from this, the passing of this bill is that initially, a lot of the incentives rolled out at the federal level, right? We've got to remember there's five different levels of government that incentives typically will pass through. You've got federal level incentives. Many of those have already been allocated. Then you have the states and some states will decide to uh, manage the green building incentives at the state level, like Massachusetts and California do a great job of that. Other states like Texas, where we're headquartered, uh, they'll decide you know, to perhaps pass on the management of these green building incentives onto the local government. So it may go to the county, it may go to each individual city. And then when you get to these lower level governments, those folks may say, you know what, we'll allow the utility companies to manage these green building incentive programs. They already have great uh, green building incentive programs in existence. Let's just, you know, park more funds there. So what we're, we plan to do or our plan of attack is to watch these five levels of government. Our database and team are already structured to do that. And uh, we believe many of the funds be uh, past the federal level will begin to emerge probably, you know, late Q1 of next year. So we'll keep our eyes out for the state, local and utility level incentives. Natalie, what's the, um, in, 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 you know, related to the Inflation Reduction Act, what, what's the biggest thing that, that really catches your eye as far as, um, you know, some of the world's biggest incentive or incentives that you're seeing? Uh, that's, that's always a tough question, although we get it all the time. It, it, to be honest, let me kind of back up and, and say, give a quick story, because the impact of one incentive can have totally different effects on a project. It just depends what that project's goals are. Let me give you a quick example. Uh, let's take solar. I feel like a lot of folks understand solar incentives. They hear about them all the time, right? Well, if a solar array on a commercial property um, is the only way that that property is going green, just for an example, right? Well, then the incentives associated with that might be a little smaller. I mean, they're going to be nice. There's going to be tax related incentives for solar, as well as probably um, city related uh, incentives like fee waivers. We see a lot of those as well as cash reimbursements from the utility company. But it's just going to be pertaining to that single piece of equipment being installed. Let's take a, a similar size project also stop installing, you know, solar. But um, on top of it, they might be looking at other energy efficiency measures. Um, you can look at how incentives can be compounded to where there's going to be more, more cost savings going to, to that project because they're not just looking at solar, right? They're looking at other energy efficiency measures, perhaps lighting and HVAC and uh, controls, which help control, you know, when your AC turns on and off. So it's really difficult for me to say, well, there's incentive, you know, ABC at the federal level that blanketedly gives, you know, uh, a substantial amount of tax incentives because it really depends what each project is doing. And I'm sure you're kind of familiar with that. I think what's exciting our team so far is to see how much money is going to be allocated for homeowners. 
I don't think commercial business owners are going to miss out on anything. I think those incentives will continue to reveal themselves. But right out the gate, there was a huge allocation for homeowners going green. And that's pretty exciting. So, so Natalie, tell us a little bit more about that. Is that them, you know, retro, retrofitting their house, modifying? Walk us through that. Yeah. So for the residential incentives, you're exactly right. It is going to be mostly related to retrofitting their home. We, if we just kind of imagine in our minds the map of the United States real quick, you have a lot of homeowners where electricity rates are rising. And we also have to keep in the back of our minds that half of America's housing stock is 40 years old or older and has never been upgraded. So to give you an idea, most homes will need a roof by age 30. So if the average home is 40 years old and hasn't even been upgraded, you're talking about its envelope, which includes the roof and windows and insulation, already that's deteriorating. So those electric bills and those homes, uh, these really inefficient and wasteful homes, they're even higher than homes that, act, that might have addressed, you know, the new roof issue or done any sort of upgrade to their, uh, you know, systems that affect energy uh, conservation in the home, right? So most of the incentives are going to be targeting those homeowners because, again, the problem is half of America's homes haven't been upgraded and really need to. The other um, item that these residential incentives will address besides energy is actually water. So if we go back to imagining the United States, a map of the United States in our minds again, let's divide it in half and go west. That's a huge swath of, of land in many states that are in drought prone areas. Mm -hmm. Just the same way that their electric bills are rising, so are their water bills. So many of the incentives will also tackle water conservation, both indoor and outdoor. So showers and faucets and sinks and toilets, as well as um, lawns, believe it or not. We've seen incentives, for example, in Arizona that will pay homeowners to tear up their grass and put down artificial turf. It still looks fantastic and saves on, you know, water bills. So that's that's kind of what we're seeing so far in the residents. Well, the incentive they gave us here in Las Vegas is they just outlawed the grass. So <laughs> that's their incentive. I saw that. <laughs> Yeah, um, it's and I mean, water is going to continue to be, uh, a, you know, an issue. I think we all should keep our eyes on it. Where energy's taken up a lot of uh, space in our minds, uh, we should be looking at water because you're going to see um, a lot of conservation needed in your drought-prone areas. But guess what? You're going to need mitigation or flood mitigation on your uh, parts of the United States at sea a lot of rain or hurricanes like we do here in Houston, Texas, right? Right, right. And, you know, also there is a, um, a large water component to, for example, you know, talking about home uh, residential, um, the 45L tax credit uh, for energy efficient residences uh, for dwelling units um, is now for 2023 through 2032, there is an energy star component of that which requires, right, you know, a, a pretty, pretty big um, water conservation component in that, and at least the utilities, or, or not the utilities, but the appliances and, and toilets, and so to speak. So, um, so yeah, I, I would, I would definitely echo that. Um, what are you seeing, Natalie, right now? Is uh, the biggest challenges in? and you know, communicating some of the messages of, of these incentives out to businesses 
And also, you know, along with that, how do you do that? Do can you give us a hypothetical of how how a business might work with you? Yeah, uh, you, you, you can, I know you can see me visually, uh, but I, I'm laughing because that that's the hardest challenge. It's talking about incentives in two ways. Initially, it's to simplify the incentive so that many property owners, whether residential or commercial, can realize, oh, wow, I didn't know there was an incentive for that. I'd love to take advantage of it. So there's, a, there's talking about incentives in that regard, right? Just realizing the incentive awareness. And then there's, well, okay, now that I'm aware of the incentive, how do I capture it? How do I know if it's right for me? And incentivizing has to digest incentives in both of those ways. Uh, the ways in which we communicate incentives is we have tools uh, that anyone can really access uh, from our website at incentivizing.com. And uh, the first tools that are available mostly to the commercial uh, real estate market, I'll explain that here in a second, they're going to help commercial property owners or those serving them just kind of understand that incentive awareness are incentives offered in my part of the country. Okay, well, if they are, are they applicable to my asset type? Oh, they are. Okay, do they match what my building needs? And uh, a lot of our tools help help a lot of these commercial property owners or those serving them quickly understand that. And you're talking through simple um, input of a property address and selecting a few filters based on asset type or new construction, existing buildings, things of that nature, right? Once we get past the incentive awareness, now it's time to really kind of begin to um, what we call verify eligibility. And that's one of the products we have. It's our most detailed product. Uh, we actually can verify eligibility of all incentives on any asset in the United States using just a few credentials. Uh, so a commercial property owner could fill out their address, uh, say, oh, I have a commercial office in Dallas, Texas, for example, that's this many square feet. Uh, it's this old and I plan to upgrade you know, the HVAC system and perhaps lighting, right? And a report will be produced that says, okay, we heard you on the HVAC, we heard you on the lighting, but you should know, Mrs. Building Owner, that Dallas has a lot more to offer than just HVAC and lighting. Perhaps you want to look at all of these incentives that touch everything from water conservation to energy efficiency, indoor, outdoor, building envelope, renewables, electric vehicle charge stations, and perhaps that helps that building owner quickly decide to expand their capital improvement budget and address far more that helps them attract and retain tenants, or it helps them realize, okay, we're, we're going to be able to budget exactly just what our needs were, which was, you know, HVAC and lighting in this case. So that's kind of the way we talk about incentives at Incentifying. There's the awareness component, because I don't think many people are even aware of just how many incentives there are. Remember, our database houses over half a million incentives worth $70 billion a year. And after we're done with that awareness, that's when we want to verify what property owners are eligible to capture. So, Natalie, I'm, I'm guessing each report is a it's a fixed fee, right, that, that you would run for them. And then what what if they wanted an additional console to really like understand the top 10 things that they were unaware of? Is that something that you provide to kind yeah. of do that even more? Absolutely. Uh, so once uh, a property owner purchases a report and keep in mind, there's two ways to purchase. Um, 
yes, there can be a single report and it is a, a flat fee. We're a pay to search database because we don't sell any information that's submitted to our database. I came from real estate. I know it's it's very taboo to do that, right? So we keep everything private and instead assess a fee uh, ahead of delivering any products, right? So you pay for the product, then you receive it. Um, once a property owner purchases, let's just go back to my verify products, right? It's a detailed product that uh, commercial property owners will look at to see all of eligible incentives. And they can kind of cherry pick the incentives that best suit their projects and needs, right? Yes, they can purchase that product transactionally or one-off, but we're actually seeing uh, at Incentifying is where um, property owners will purchase those reports across their entire portfolio. They're beginning to look at addressing their energy efficiency needs or water conservation needs at a portfolio level. So we do accommodate that pricing as well. We give substantial discounts to those who want to just look at their entire portfolio and do a quick CapEx planning session. Incentifying doesn't help anyone uh, with that. We also don't do cost benefit analysis. Look, there are wonderful professionals like yourself, like architecture groups or engineering groups that will help owners do that. We don't want to take away from that work. Again, we're just a database, but we can quickly um, and accurately provide the appropriate data to have those conversations with the professionals you already have established relationships with. That's great. That's great. So let me let me throw a hypothetical at you. Okay, so we have a home uh, home developer and they develop communities and maybe they want to start developing communities in Monroe, Louisiana, or let's say. Um, um, pick a town in, in North Carolina or anywhere in Florida, right? You're seeing a lot of development in these areas, uh, um, really along all of the Sun Belt, but certainly in the Southeast. Uh, and they're they're doing some quick uh, analysis on, do we build the homes like we've been building? What would the difference be if we do Energy Star homes in this area? So your program could show them, oh yeah, plus you'd be getting utility rebates on, on this or that. Uh, from the utility company directly to your company as a developer builder of these energy startups. That's right. We're seeing, um, it's so funny to look at our database. Perhaps we'll save this for another one of our chats where uh, we can show you how through COVID, what people were searching for, right? And what they were actually doing. What we're seeing right now with the national housing crisis is exactly what you just mentioned. There's three types of housing that we're seeing. Honestly, it's across the nation. First are developments of single family dwellings and they're gonna be kept as SFRs or single family for rent, right? Mm -hmm. uh, the other one is multifamily. Lots of multifamilies are coming up, um, both new construction as well as existing buildings. Uh, and the last one, we like to call uh, it's a well, senior housing, but I mean, we have to be thinking about that next generation that needs has different needs uh, for their housing, right? That is honestly lit up our, our database at a national level. And the way any of those developers uh, are going to use Incentifying, it's actually all the same. They can come to Incentifying and we can help with location strategy, honestly pull a report on different areas you might want to be considering your development. Who knows? The incentives may weigh in on one location over another. They may not, but at least knowing and running that and seeing the data 
is, is uh, better than not looking at the data at all, right? Uh, so we have so many developers that will use us for that location strategy. Others that have already identified their location will use Incentify for exactly the scenario you mentioned. You know, they'll say, okay, well, we were considering installing as much, you know, Energy Star appliances because we know that's what the renters want or the buyers want, right? They're looking for those kinds of things. So they'll run a report of their entire master plan community or their entire, you know, multifamily community or senior community. And we can show every incentive that promotes the purchase and installing of those types of appliances. Um, and then the last group is those retrofitting the existing mm -hmm. homes, which is a huge, it's a substantial part of what's happening in the United States are, are upgrading a lot of these homes and multifamily senior uh, housing facilities. They'll do the same thing. It's, it's more of a CapEx planning, what I was describing earlier. They'll pull reports and say, okay, how far can we stretch this budget to upgrade these huge amounts of, of homes and facilities? So there's really no wrong way, if you kind of didn't catch, to, to use Incentifying, right? We're just a data set that says, hey, we found money. Let us know how you want to use it to capture it. That's fantastic. Um, let me ask you, so you mentioned something interesting. So, you know, on searches and, and, and the data that you have, what are the data telling you about, um, is it telling you anything different than what we're hearing from economists now on, you know, where the market's going? Um, and also what are, you and I are most in, interested in, what are the developers going to be doing, right? And so what, what is that telling you? Yeah, that's, you know, no one's ever asked me that question. <laughs> it's going to now be something I look at with my team, right? Uh, I wouldn't say the data is telling us anything different. I mean, right now, like I said, we have that housing crisis, that housing need, uh, especially affordable housing needs. That's exactly what we're seeing in our database. Developers are requesting, uh, keep in mind, our reports can show not only just the incentives that promote green building, but affordable housing is an incentive that we also will, will capture in our reports. So developers will see the incentives that promote uh, any sort of addressing affordable housing in any way, shape or form within their communities. And they certainly can take advantage of it or maybe it still doesn't you know, help their uh, deal pencil or it doesn't help the, you know, provide enough budget for uh, to also address affordable housing, right? But again, at least seeing the data set is helpful. So I wouldn't say that our database is seeing anything different. It's It's been a lot on the SFR, single family for rent uh, market. That's had a huge uptick. It started about, you know, I'd say 12 months ago and has not stopped, um, as well as the multifamilies. We've seen a lot of conversions from commercial offices to multifamily that echoes. You I've know, heard about that. Yeah. yeah. A lot of, remember post uh, or during the pandemic, a lot of people began working from home. Office space went up. You had developers that had to look at a different way to um, leverage these, these buildings that were just sitting there. And yet we have a housing crisis. What a great time to convert. Yeah. Yes, you can take advantage of incentives. So no, I'd say our database is echoing a lot of what we're hearing. That's great. That, that's great to, to hear. Um, Natalie, how can uh, people get a hold of you if you know they want to? They want to go to your website. They want to email you. How do we get a hold of you? Yeah, I think the best uh, place to start, honestly, is our website. And I always tell folks head to our case studies 
because you would be so surprised just how similar somebody else's project might be to the one you're considering. And it, what, it, what it'll do is it'll warm you up to how do you even start the conversation with Incentify? The other thing we like to tell folks is start with the website because you're going to see a three-step process. I like to remind people we are software. We are not consultants. So uh, it's everything is meant to be streamlined through our software. So long as you follow the three steps, um, the three-step process you see on our website, you know, we can, we can ensure that you're going to capture incentives, right? Uh, so I think start with the website and beyond that, I'm happy to make myself available. That's great. That's great. Well, that's about all the time we have today. A very special thank you to Natalie for joining us. I know everybody's going to love this and uh, we'll be reaching out to you at Incentifying. Um, thank you all for joining us here at Brady's Corner today. Make sure to like and subscribe and talk to you next time.